Hi, I'm Wade Irely, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream. In this podcast, we introduce you to thought leaders who are shaping the lives of the next generation to discuss the challenges and innovations influencing higher education and how we can adapt to give students a strong foundation for their futures. Today, we're going to speak with Dr. Brian Hempel, president of Old Dominion University in Virginia. Dr. Hempel is known as a champion for student access, innovation, research, and has a deep commitment to forward-focused higher education leadership. His published works include topics on gun violence and threat preparedness, STEM education, and emerging financial concerns. Prior to becoming the ninth president of ODU, he held leadership positions at Radford, West Virginia State, Northern Illinois, University of Arkansas, UNC Wilmington, and Cornell College. He has degrees from St. Augustine's University, Iowa State University of Science and Technology, and his PhD from the University of Iowa. Thanks so much for coming on today, Dr. Apple. Thank you, Wade. Happy to be joining you. You have studied and worked at a number of prestigious institutions around the country. Can you tell us more about your background, what led you into higher ed, and how you found your way to ODU? Yeah, I'd be, be happy to do that. First of all, it's truly an honor to be able to be joining you today on the podcast. Um, I begin by saying, though, the journey in higher education for me started at St. Augustine's as an undergraduate student, senior graduating, and um, trying to figure out exactly what I was going to do and having an opportunity to be directed from the career services office to over to speak to the provost of the institution, who was my fraternity brother. And so I went and met with the provost and he talked to me about, you know, journalism, mass communication, becoming a faculty member. And so that led me to apply to a number of programs, University of Cincinnati, University of Akron and Iowa State and found myself pursuing higher education, what I thought was gonna be in the direction of a faculty member. And it ended up after arriving on Iowa State's campus and I I sort of found my way into, if you will, higher education there um, in my second year of graduate school. And that's just a a lot of doors have opened since that period of time. I've had a number of people that have invested in me um, that allowed me to work at, as you name, some of the uh, really special institutions in the country. From my time at the University of Arkansas being a Razorback, that was an amazing experience being in the SEC conference and really learning a lot about a flagship institution to being at Northern Illinois University and spending a lot of time really, if you will, sharpening my skills as an administrator at that particular point and um, being there for eight years. As I said, had an opportunity with a large complex research university that was extremely complex and political, taught me a lot. And that experience led me to to becoming president at West Virginia State, Radford, and now at Old Dominion University, which is a a research one institution of nearly 24,000 students and and a lot of great opportunities ahead of us to make a difference in the Commonwealth. And what is it, uh, what's particular about ODU that makes it special? Now, when you think about this institution, um, one, I would tell you that our research is, is really dynamic. You know, we have a unique position having the largest naval base in the world right here in our backyard, Um, having the opportunity to to work with maritime industry leaders about our our work and how we connect with them, whether it be engineering to cyber issues around maritime is something that makes us pretty special. I would also tell you that that as we are looking at, at, at the future, the diversity of this institution is just absolutely amazing. When you think about a a campus of nearly 24,000, but approximately 48 to 49% of our students are from diverse backgrounds, 28% of them being African-American of that 49%, 8% being Latinx. It is absolutely amazing the diversity that we have, the uniqueness of this campus and this community. 
and, and there's just a lot of great opportunities ahead for us as a research one institution. As such a distinguished and well-known, certainly renowned university, with that diversity that you've got as an example, you can set to many peer institutions. How do you think about higher education and ODU's role in innovating, especially in higher ed, in, in innovation and finding new things? Because you've got an opportunity set with all that diversity that's different than some other schools have allowed themselves. I think we play a unique role, and I think we have a, a special opportunity ahead of us um, when you think about the scope, the size, the scale of the institution. Um, when you think about innovating, it's a matter of the headwinds that we see out in front of higher education in general, from the global health pandemic um, to the enrollment cliff to the partnerships that we see emerging between big tech and elite public and private universities. All of that's creating a significant headwind that if you're not innovating, if you're not thinking about how you're being responsive to business and industry, if you're not listening to learners in terms of students and being intentional about meeting them where they are, you're going to find yourselves obsolete and for the most part out of business. And so it is something that we must be intentional about. And that's something that we're focused on as a university. We're going through our strategic planning process right now. And I can tell you, every one of the individuals that are sitting around the table are thinking not about where we're going to be one year from now, two years from now. We're thinking about where the competition is moving and how we make the adjustments to not just meet them, but to move beyond where they are. And you must innovate in order to do that. It can't just be a tagline. This is something I see a lot as we talk to folks in higher ed, and we, we all know the demographic cliff is coming. And, uh, and there, there are two approaches. You either see schools with leadership that is looking to innovate, looking to find new ways to do things, or you see the head in the sand approach, which is far too common in higher education. Things will just keep working the same as they always have. And you and I know that's, that's not going to cut it when you're going to see you know, 10, 12% fewer students all of a sudden nationally. It's, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it because when you see the realities that we're dealing with, for the first time in the modern history of higher education, I truly believe that we're in a credentials war. You have so many public and private companies as well that are, that are going out and they are providing the education for the adult market on their own because we have moved too slowly within higher education. We've not been as responsive as we need to be. And so if we aren't really, if, if you're a leader of a public or private university, and you're not thinking about how you are communicating and leaning into the business community and partnering, um, how you're connecting with other universities and partnership, uh, you're missing a unique opportunity. This is an opportunity for us to revision, if you will, the future of higher education. And if we don't, it's going to be done for us. The economy is going to do it for us. Our general assemblies will do it for us, for those public institutions. So interesting. You know, ODU and Cornell and Brigham Young, like there are a few institutions that have really led out on distance learning, for instance, that have 25, 35 years of history, helping those adult learners, those who aren't physically on campus, be able to achieve some of the things that they want. How have you been able to gather your team at Old Dominion to stay competitive and move at that sort of speed with new technology? Yeah, I will tell you that, yes, Old Dominion has a 35 year plus history of online work. It started off with TeleTechNet with our traditional satellites back at that particular time to what we're doing right now. We've been intentional about the, the space that we own within the Commonwealth, and we are the largest deliverer of online education of a public university in the Commonwealth. 
There's a little school that called Liberty that's a lot larger, uh, but they're private institutions. So we're the largest of the public institutions in the Commonwealth. And for us, um, we also know that we cannot get comfortable in that. We can't get comfortable. When you are, are, are looking at how, as I mentioned earlier, big tech companies, the Amazons, the Googles, the Salesforce, working directly with the, the Harvards, the Yales, the Princetons, the flagship institutions of states that have significant endowments and their ability to scale, their ability to scale and them scaling quickly is a reality of growing online. And, they, and those institutions weren't traditionally interested in online education, but for the first time they felt vulnerable. And for the first time, universities realized that we might need to diversify our delivery um, because we were exposed in this situation. So those partnerships are real, and that is a significant threat um, for an institution like Old Dominion that is a leader. So for us, is how will we begin to, to expand our partnerships with other businesses, with other institutions to grow our footprint? And we've just gone through a, an experience with our team of pulling some of our top leaders and thought leaders within the institution together to look at a task force, developing a plan for us in terms of our future for online education. And they have came up with, they came up with some outstanding recommendations that we're proud of. We're hiring right now our inaugural vice president for digital learning. Um, and so this is a, a, a step that we're taking because it's important. It's moving out of academic affairs and becoming a standalone division because of the commitment that we're making in online education. And we're looking at how we begin to scale and grow our program. So we're excited. We're offering over 100 degree programs online and, and we know that we need to do more and we need to be more intentional because if we're not moving, if we're not advancing and moving, then truly I think the market is gonna move, move away from us. So we have to be intentional and we're asking ourselves the tough question. And I will tell you, that's the toughest thing I would tell you on college campuses um, for us at times to be honest with ourselves and look ourselves in the mirror and realize maybe we can be better. Maybe we need to be better. We should be better. And so we're having to ask ourselves those questions of reflection and determine how we move and how we begin to adapt and adjust from our traditional 16 week semester, moving to eight weeks, six week, four week courses in order to, to meet the needs of, of business and industry. We just have to be very thoughtful about our work. As Old Dominion continues to lead out in that, uh, other institutions and their leaders are undoubtedly looking to all the, to see what lessons have been learned. When you think about how, you know, 40% of all new college students that start this year won't finish, and half of all Americans have some college, and you're building these distance programs so you can serve some of these populations, what would you say to those leaders of other institutions to help them seek out and identify new partnerships or things they could be doing that, uh, that might help them address some of those same needs. Speaking to, to my colleagues, some of the things that I would, I would share is for them to make sure that they are being very intentional about finding their niche within the market, within the space that they're in. It would be impossible for us to think that we as Old Dominion University um, with a long history of online, it would not be correct for us to think that we could go head to head with University of Maryland and their global education program, or that we could go head to head with Arizona State or Purdue. We, we have to understand what, what our niche will be and how do we play to the strengths of the institution and find that market of expansion and opportunity and growth. I would say to my colleagues that also to understand that the value proposition is real, 
Um, when you see that there's $1.7 trillion in student loan debt, you know, 900 billion more than credit card debt that we have in the country, and people questioning the value of the degree that we provide, understand that that value proposition is real, and we cannot continue to raise tuition and fees at the levels that we've seen over the years, and, and think that we're still going to have those students that are coming through the doors to enroll in our institution, because they have so many options today that just weren't there just five or 10 years ago. And so I think that, that for my colleagues, understanding the value proposition is real, looking at niche opportunities. And the third, the last piece of advice I, I would give is to make sure that you're sitting and having honest conversations with your faculty and your staff and share the data, share the data with them, help them to see the challenges that you're facing, show them the enrollment losses that you've had, show them the budgetary implications and what you're dealing with and facing. Because we have very, very brilliant faculty and staff on our campus. When you're honest with them about what you're dealing with, they will respond and, and step forward and lead. And I will tell you that when you think about some of the innovation that we've seen across the country, especially in the online space, a lot of the majority of that innovation has come from faculty. And I know some people are, are interested, you know, will say, well, you know, tell me more about that. All you have to do is look at University of Phoenix and how they were founded. Look at MOOCs and how they, how they were founded. There are a number of really, really public companies all started with faculty innovation. So you have brilliant people on your campus. I would say to my colleagues, tap into that energy. Tap into those thought leaders um, that, that really want to look at the data and, and help them understand the challenges because there's some great ideas that will come from that work. We talk a lot about the 1.7 trillion in student loans and it's a, it's a big number and it's a terrifying number and it takes 21 years on average for a student to pay back their loans. Mm -hmm. And from a student perspective, the ma majority of students who end up defaulting on their loans, you know, borrowed less than 10 grand and didn't finish. That's who's sort of materially harmed because they didn't make it all the way through. And, and that number is obviously way, way too high. We start to see this public narrative that college isn't worth it and I, and I don't need to go to college. And, and college may not even sort of raise the upside of what you can earn, but it certainly raises the floor. And everything in the data is going to tell you that for the average person, it's a significant positive impact in their life, even given the current cost that we all think is too high. How do we change the public narrative from college isn't worth it, which is a, a factually untrue statement for most of us and to help this next generation really understand the value that they're, that they're buying, right? That they're able to get. You know, Wade, I, I really think that in order to do that, we have to do a better job of telling the story. We have just worked on the assumption, and I will tell you, um, I'm confident that everyone knows the value of the college degree. And during that same time period, others have been innovating all around us to show that we can provide a quality product that is half of the cost in some cases or even more. And it's by the way, it's gonna lead directly into a job. Right now, when you have companies like CVS and, and, and Walgreen partnering with, I think it's Karis, if I'm not mistaken, partnering with them about health, health training and looking at this adult market. And, and, and as these individuals are going into these certificate type of programs or credentialing programs, they're going directly into workforce. Um, when you have Amazon that's deciding and uh, working on an initiative 
in which they are truly getting, uh, if you will, America back to work in terms of their workforce initiative. And it's not even about coming to work for Amazon. Those are very real issues and challenges that, that they're positive things that are going on, but it's a wake up call for us because that's happening because of the lack of what we have been willing to do in higher education and looking at the reality of where people are. When you talk about access and opportunity, when you talk about affordability, I mean, we've, we've been tone deaf. We've been tone deaf. And, and because of that, you know, we have to really start communicating very clearly the value of what we provide with the college degree and the opportunities beyond the degree that really prepare the individuals for the future. And if we don't do that, if we don't look at our, our costs, if we don't look at the implications of that work, I've mentioned the credentials war already, we're going to find ourselves losing more and more institutions. I read recently that since 2017, we've had over five, it was like 575 plus institutions that were, in essence, requesting some form of federal financial aid. This is for-profit, not-for-profit, public-private, requesting financial aid that are no longer in existence and no longer requesting federal dollars. So you're seeing institutions disappear. And Wade, the interesting thing about this is that, that we haven't truly felt the real impact because there's still so much money in the system of the CARES dollars that universities are still drawing down right now. Once that fades in 2024 or 2025 or whenever the dollars are no longer there to, to draw down, I think you're going to see a, a real impact in terms of institutions that truly have discounted themselves out of business, institutions that financially just can't, can't stay afloat because of just the challenging situation they're in. Right now, we're in a false positive situation for institutions because of all of the money that, that's in the system. If you go back to 2008 and you think about the downturn of the economy, we really didn't feel that into 2011 once all of the dollars are out of the system. And so it's coming. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty, pretty it's going to be pretty challenging because it's going to be coming at a time that's combined with the enrollment cliff. And um, that's going to be a significant hit. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, for so long. A college degree, you know, higher education was critical to the American dream, right? You, you come here, you work hard, you got an education, you had the best chance of dying better off than you were born of anywhere in the world. And, and now that isn't always the case. Tell me, what does the American dream mean today in light of all these contextual factors that we see? What does it mean today? Well, you know, when you think about the, the American dream, you know, it's really, it, it's really that opportunity to be able to engage intellectually, to engage socially, to engage in your community, to make a difference for not only just yourself, but for those around you, for those who you have the ability to serve and make a difference. And so as a part of that, you know, it, it's really that opportunity. Are you positioning the that next generation of thought leaders? Are you positioning that next generation of carpenters, are you positioning that next generation of you name that group in order to be able to have a better life for themselves? And in order to do that, it is about access and opportunity. And it doesn't always mean going to college. There are a number of pathways that we need to be thoughtful about and mindful of that can provide a great opportunity for people to have a, 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 a amazing life in this country. It's one of the things I love about our country put in the time, the energy, the hard work, there's a great opportunity for you. 
And so as a part of it, we just have to make sure that we're not, we're being intentional. We're being very intentional about access, about opportunity. That's one of the things that I really love about the work that Michael Crow has done out at Arizona State. He has truly focused on how you widen the funnel and get more students into education, more students into to the, the, the pipeline, if you will, toward pursuing their own dreams, whatever they may be. And so to me, the American dream is just about opening the door, providing the door and opportunity, whatever area you might be in, whatever the area you want to study or wherever you want to pursue, how are we opening that pathway for, for, for individuals, for our citizens? And if we are not focused on that, then we're missing a unique opportunity. Given that now, and, and your position sort of leading an institution with, like you said, 24,000 students, what advice would you give that coming generation as they're contemplating their college and their, their futures after college? Like what, what would you tell the coming generation? What do they need to know? Yeah, as I think about the, the, this next generation, um, one I would say is that, you know, realize that, that there are going to be a lot of opportunities there, but you have to be willing to, to, to walk through that door and put in the time and energy. You have to work hard. Um, you have to make sure that you are, are really leaning in and doing the work that needs to be done to ensure your own personal success and the success of those around you. I would say to them not to get discouraged. I mean, if you look nationally um, and internationally, there are a lot of different things that are going on in the world from we're looking at wars, we're looking at downturn of the economy. There are many things out there that could discourage you, but we have to make sure that we're thinking about forward focus on how we can make a difference and how you will invest in yourself. And um, investing in yourself, I probably should not say this as a university president, but I, I, you know, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates have said it in different ways, invest in yourself, and it doesn't always mean a college degree. Invest in yourself, whatever that may be, um, because you're going to make a difference as a, as a strong citizen leader, regardless of what you pursue. And, um, and I know that's not good for me to say as a university president, but it is something that's very frank and it's very real that we need to make sure that we open the door for every class of employee that we have in our country to be able to find their pathway forward and give them something that they know they can aspire toward. And that's, that's really just opening the doors of possibility. You know, from somebody like myself who grew up in a small town in Eastern North Carolina and the first in my family to, to go to college, um, working on farms, you know, I never thought I would be sitting in the seat that I'm sitting today, but it was individuals who made investment in me, but also showed me that there's a path forward for success. And you just have to be willing to work hard, roll up your sleeves and be willing to make a difference, not just for self, but for others. I want to thank you for being on with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And you have been listening to me, Wade Ierly, uh, of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream. For more, you can find out on our website at americandream.fm or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Degree Insurance. Until next time, goodbye.